something. But I got, I got, I got to find you title that I don't hear you mention. Although I got to tell you, Patricia, I forgot. Well, then I forgot that Patricia sent me um. Well, I knew she sent me the Green Hornet, but I didn't realize that on the Green Hornet CD, she had up for parole, and I, I, I um. I always wanted up for parole, and so I, I was so excited, I, I stayed up and listened to several, um, well, four of them up for parole programs, and they were good. Was that the one from August 13th, what year did, did Nolan ask for? Is that the one where Cato... Oh, I can't remember which of I didn't really listen to agree, I, I skipped it and went to up for parole. Yeah, up for parole. I think is the one that Nolan asked for. They're both of them on one CD, and it was good. It was really good. You know, the Green Hornet is really a fun show. You have to suspend your sense of reality for almost all of the radio shows because you use your imagination to be there. And the Green Hornet was really fun. They they did some dumb pedestrian things, but it was fun. You know. It was really good. Yeah, I like it. You know, um, Walden, my friend Irma, um, toward the end, it was kind of weird. Um, yeah. They had, didn't have Professor Popkin? Correct. They had somebody else? Extra Wandekin? And, and you know, uh, Kathy Lewis uh, did not make it all the way through. She, her, she started to have health trouble, so she had to bail out. And John Banks replaced her for a while, and then Mary Chip. They uh, had um, a person named Kate. Yes, Kate. Yeah, that and was her roommate, right? That was a different. That was a different made-up name. So they had to be. Because uh, Kathy Lewis, she was very young when she passed away. She only made to age fifty. She died in 1968. Was she already divorced when she died, or? No. Yeah, she divorced. Well, she and Elliot Lewis were were still married when they had the show called On Stage together in 1953, and then they divorced after that. Then he, he married Mary Jane Croft. Right. Yeah. And uh, Kathy Roos was a uh, an enigma to a lot of people. They just didn't know her. She was a band singer. Her main name was Lewis. She married Elliot Lewis. And they... They were the great American radio couple for a long time. Uh, yeah, and they were really good. And uh, Kathy Lewis was a very fine uh, comedy and also dramatic um, actress, radio actress. Yeah, I think she's in the top five radio actresses of all time. The I, most horrible, horrible thing that Kathy Lewis did was try to play Molly on, on a television series, Figure McGee Yeah, she and Bob Sweeney. I haven't seen any of them yet, so it's, it's figure, but I just, I, I think for most people, it'd be just so jarring not to hear those famous voices and have, you know, Kathy Lewis had a distinct voice and Bob Sweeney was not Jim Jordan. Yeah, it just didn't go, it just didn't go well yeah. at all. It was sad because... Cassie Lewis is, is great, you know, yeah. and she, whatever she did, she was great. And, um, I found some interesting um, articles online about Kathy Lewis and Elliot Lewis, and I forgot until I read it. They had several hit records together with Capitol, Manhattan mm -hmm. Tower and uh, Happy Anniversary, Happy Holidays together. 
Oh, really? And, yeah, and Jordan, uh, Gordon Jenkins backed them, and Capital released them. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, anyway, um, it was sure nice talking to the two of you. Uh, um, I was trying to think, well, what, was, what was the thing that you guys were thinking about, um, talking about earlier about... Uh, well, what? Oh, there, what? All right, Patricia, you want to uh-huh. you want to see you can get him? If if I can get him, well, to tell what the more thing he did as a kid. Yeah, we we have a couple of things going here. Ralph and a friend climbed up a tree and kept adjusting a lady's clothesline while she was trying to hang out her laundry. <laughs> and Fred, I'm not sure I want to say this out loud, but he shot his parents' mirror bedroom mirror because he was fooling around with a gun and didn't know it was loaded which really isn't a practical joke what did you do oh you mean as a youngster what was the most what embarrassing or the worst oh just what did you do when you were a kid that um you got away with something you got away with that that maybe that's putting it well yeah i tell you what i'm gonna do i'm gonna hang up and i'm gonna think about this <laughs> okay i will call you guys back all right let you know if there was anything that I did as a youngster that was fun. You're going to check out see the Statue of Limitations ran out first, right? That's yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 right. There you go. Statue of Limitations <laughs> ran out on you guys. But we'll, we'll, uh, we'll get back to you, okay? Okay, you get back to me on that, and then I'll have a question for you, too. Yeah, okay. We'll talk to you guys later. All right, hey. Ron. Bye-bye. 714-545-207. We are flexible. We are flexible. I I checked, um, you know, that there were so many tornadoes that touched down so many places, and especially in Alabama. It doesn't look like David's town was hit, but there were areas around him, so I really don't know. Um, and I'm hoping he's listening, and he'll give us a call and let us know that... Uh, that he's okay. And Wayne Shiree's area was hit very hard. So, and, I, and I tried calling, and of course, you just get a busy signal because yeah. all the I, I, bet, I bet a lot of the phone services are out. The, the phone services, electric, yeah. yes, uh, just everything is down in so many places. So, you're all in our thoughts, and I'm, I'm not going to say call us if we can help. I want to know how we can help. You bet. Let us know how we can help. 714-545-2071 is our number. Now, despite what has happened so far with people getting away with things when they were kids, Mm -hmm. and we're going to hear from more people on that, we really did have a theme of ice cream tonight and weddings. Who watched the royal wedding? Ask, ask, ask the question, Walden. Ask, <coughs> ask it. Who watched the royal wedding? I did. You did. I did from start to finish. I mean, I sat there and watched in the dark and everything. And they were talking about inviting guests, and then the guests started to arrive. Actually, the hats arrived, and there were people underneath them. <laughs> I've never seen such a collection of hats in my life. Neither had any of the commentators. I mean, this is a very very frou-frou formal thing. It's a royal wedding. <laughs> the commentators are saying, would you look at the thing on the side of her head? 
<laughs> it's really great stuff. But I did. I stayed with it right through to the balcony scene, and um, it was really nice. It was nice. A lot of people I know were, they were starting to get weary of hearing about the William and Kate wedding. But my thought was, there are so few things in the world today that can have universal focus on a fun thing. It really was a sweet thing to watch because they clearly very much wanted to be married. It was not a marriage of convenience by any means. They really like each other. So it was fun to watch, and it was fun to watch people all dressed up for the occasion and who was there and who wasn't there and the queen. And So I really had a good time watching, and I wonder if I were... Am I the only one who watched the original version? I know that they have replayed it several times, and they're probably going to continue replaying it for years to come. But I watched the original. I watched it live, and it was it was just such a wonderful experience to see tens of thousands of people gathering and being friendly and civil and helpful, and they just everybody was so wonderful. Just loved it. You know, I was wondering if we would ever have a wedding in the States that would have that kind of um, stature anymore. Where would it come from? Well, I was thinking the White House. Let's say one of the kids got married. I think the last one, I think it was one of the Nixon girls got married Mm -hmm. in the early 70s. But I I don't remember. No pomp and circumstances. I don't remember any pomp and circumstances. And I know... Uh, the President of the United States, we have had two weddings in the White House mm-hmm. from the presidents who got married in the White House. But no pomp and circumstance. Yeah. This so, was the event of the century. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's going to be. And it was really cute. I know I mentioned this to you. There, There's always a lip reader in in focus somewhere. So you always have to be careful of what you say in public. But there was a point where Kate and William were at the front of the abbey, and they were standing in front of the abbot, and Kate's father was still holding her hand, and William leaned over and said something to Kate's father, and they both smiled, and the lip reader said, and I'm, I'm probably not getting the exact wording correct, but it turned, he said, I thought we were going to have a small family affair. Now, this thing is 19, the, the abbey is considered small because it only holds 1,900 people, and there were 600 people who were at the reception at Buckingham Palace, and, uh, you know, it was it was just a, a very sweet thing to know that there is some humor and good feelings among the families, so that, that was what made me smile. I thought we were having a small family affair, <laughs> and they both laughed. What did, uh, what did Diane and Prince Charles have there? Was that at uh, St. Paul? I don't remember. Yeah. I don't remember. It's been a while this, since um, someone was, got married at Westminster Abbey. Because I said that I knew this one was not at Westminster Abbey, so I'm assuming it ain't St. Paul. Oh, so, okay, well. I don't know. All right, here I am. Here you are. <laughs> boo-boo. Boo-boo you, okay, Charles. You can give boo boo you can give you can get the boo boo family a call at seven one four five four five two oh seven one turn number. Give us a call. We'd like to know about some of your memories of the weddings. I'm fact I 
I thought about it, I haven't pulled it up yet, is uh, the earliest known broadcast I have was the Queen Elizabeth when she was about 14 years old or so. Now I've been to 10, I guess, 1939. So I hadn't had time to pull that up yet. But it's all been fun to hear from, from, from Elizabeth back in the early days. Yeah, it was uh, St. Paul's Cathedral. Was it St. Paul? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, it, it was a big affair. But this was nice. If you can, if you can imagine something on such a grand scale with gold inlaid uh, carriages and Rolls Royce open cars or glassed-in cars, if you can imagine that there seemed to be an honest-to-goodness, friendly family ambiance about this. There was. I was happy that I did that. So if anybody else did the royal wedding, give us a call. Yeah, Gosh, what? Ice cream. Ice cream. We had ice cream. You, you think they had ice cream at the royal wedding? I don't know. It was interesting because for the first time in history, the queen served a buffet. They had a buffet. I mean, they obviously had people walking around serving hors d'oeuvres and drinks, but the food was not, it was not a sit-down dinner. Maybe the royal family is going through a little bumps in the road at the moment. You never I don't know. know. One of the commentators said it was a $45 million wedding, which is mind-blowing. But understand, I, I could understand that. Yeah. Yeah. With everything that, that went in. Okay, ice cream, ice cream, ice cream. Oh, I've got, I've got free ice cream again. I found free ice cream. Are we ready? Well, we're going to have it this week. We're going to have Hagen does free ice cream at Hagen does I guess they have ice cream parlors. Yes, I, I've eaten, I, I think they're in shopping malls. Okay. So that's where I've had, had the Hagen ice routine. Hagen does. Yes. All right, so here it is. May 10th, that's a week and a half. You've got a week and a half to prepare for this. Mm. From 4 p.m. to 8 p.m., it's only a four-hour window. You will have free ice cream at whatever Hagen does you visit. Isn't that cool? That's good. This is three weeks in a row I found ice cream May for free. May 10th, May 10th. That's when Winston Churchill became Prime Minister of England. It's always on a May 10th. Ah, okay. Well, I wonder what they're celebrating. I don't know. It just says free ice cream day. Maybe they're just giving it away. Well, yeah, that's what they're doing. But I, I didn't find anything along the way mm -hmm. that said it was a particular celebration. Like Ben and Jerry's, for example, does it every year as their We Love Our Customers uh -huh. campaign. And they do it one day every year. But I didn't find anything attached to haagen So maybe somebody out there can tell me. Why Hagen does is giving away ice cream to its customers on May 10th from 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. And I'm assuming it goes, you know, with time zones. It's, you know, every time zone is from 4 to 8. So really, you could have four scoops of ice cream if you could get travel. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think it might be more price conscious if you just bought four. <laughs> You can just stop by the store and pick some up. Okay. Do you remember anybody, a good humor man, jingling mm -hmm. down the road? Or any anybody else who jingled down the road and sold ice cream from a little ice cream truck? How about ice cream parlors? 
yes. Do you remember, Walden, your first ice cream cone? Yeah, I think what I remember as a kid, and I bet they still sell them in the stores. Or the ones that you could buy in the store that have the crown on the box. Oh, I don't know that one. Hello there, you're on the air. I'm back. You found it. <laughs> Hello. Oh, yeah, I got that one. I, I don't want to wreck it for nobody else, but it happened in 1941. Well, you know what? I, I looked at that and I thought... I don't know. Um, my note said 19, I think it was 1933. So now I have to go back oh. and do some homework and verify the date. <clears throat> yeah, I, I got the thing that uh, the author was, uh, had an incident in, in 1941, and uh, it caused him to hop along. And that's where the nickname for Hopalong Cassidy, it was Louis L'Amour, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, Louis L'Amour didn't write Hopalong Cassidy. Really? No. Well, see, the internet doesn't always tell the truth. <laughs> no, it doesn't always tell the truth. No, Louis L'Amour is, um, was actually more recent, I think, than that. But, um, no, he did not, he did not write. This happened in a movie. Well, I'll be darned. Mm. I'm sorry, Ralph. Shot in the thigh? Well, he was shot in the leg. <laughs> and and it, it was in the first movie, and the first movie was uh, Hop Along. And let me see, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was 1933. Hold on. Um, yes, 1935, I'm sorry. The, the name of the movie was Hop Along. And it was in, in two words, hop dash along. And um, he received his nickname when he was recuperating from a leg wound, and this was during a range war, he was wounded. And the line he said was, I can still hop along, because he was out. Uh, and that's where it came from. Ah. Uh, well, you gave it away now? Well, you did. <laughs> I mean, he was shot in the leg, was. Um, was about as good as it was going to get on the answer. So, yes, he was shot in the leg, and it was in the first Hopalong Cassidy movie in 1935, which was named Hop Along, with a dash in the middle, and it was the first of 66 movies this man made. And this was in addition to personal appearances and 100, how many television shows, Walden, 104? 106. Um, and plus, I think, yeah, I think the radio showed 104 or so. Um, no, I don't know how many TV shows. There had to at least be a couple of years. Probably 52. Mm -hmm. um, but, I mean, it just went on and on and on and on and on. The man, the man was, he, he, you couldn't wear him down, and he was wonderful in all of the roles that he played. He, just, he, was, he was good. He never lost his character. He was always a good guy, always a friend, always, you know... I say always. I guess they were, it was a little touchy in the beginning, <laughs> for the most part. Uh, he, he was the good guy, even though he wore a black hat. You know, in, in the old days, uh, the more people you shot, the, the better guy you were. <laughs> oh. Today, today it's not. I, I know. And that was one of the things about the Lone Ranger in the earliest shows. Uh, they yeah. they had him shooting somebody, and who was it? Was it Fran Stryker who said, "No way, can we have the Lone Ranger, Walden?" Yeah, I think it was Fran. Fran who wrote it, and he he basically uh, changed it around. Yeah, 
because they you just you just can't have the Lone Ranger right. who is so squeaky clean running around shooting people. Right. So they they made him put his gun away unless he was attacked. Yeah, he used to shoot the guns out of their hands. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Silver had silver horseshoes. <laughs> and Silver had silver horseshoes. We did go through that one time. You're right. And by golly, there it was. Silver horseshoes for silver. Now you were just talking about, uh, after you spoke of Hagenbass, uh -huh. you, you mentioned something else that uh, slipped out of my mind. What in the world was it? Because it was... brought something else to mind that I wanted to tell you about. Oh, how about the good humor man? Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Here comes a oh, good yeah. story. Okay. The good humor man and I made... <laughs> Here he goes again. Well, one of those little, uh, uh, little things that you pedal like a bicycle. Uh-huh. And it had the greatest leather seat, bicycle seat that I had ever seen in my life. It was gorgeous and really well padded and so well made. And this guy, he, he uh, pulled up to a, in front of a restaurant and he changed his, uh, his unit to a telephone pole. And while he was in having his dinner, I removed the seat from his bicycle, or I guess it's uh, like a tricycle. And when he came out, all that was left was the seat post. <laughs> right up in the air. Ralph? I did it. Did you give it back? No, that was the best bicycle seat I ever had. Go to your room. You, you go to your room. Well, I, I didn't shoot him or anything. <laughs> you might as well have. What was he going to sit on? That was his livelihood. He had to call. Oh, Ralph. He sent a truck. <laughs> Ralph. I gave him a new seat. I mean, Fred just knocked himself off the pedestal. You're you're starting to tumble. Yeah, yeah. Heart is, well, heart is broken tonight. Well, you know, it was the only way I could get a seat like that. <laughs> just steal it. I'm so glad that this is not a kid's show. I acquired it. You acquired it. This is it. I'll tell you what. Walden? Yeah? I, I'm just, I, I'm... Breathless here. Well, did, now, well, Ralph, did you buy extra ice cream from him? Is it pay, paying back? Well, I was a steady customer. There you go. So if you saved your money instead of buying ice cream, you could have bought a bicycle seat. But, you know, the seat was a nice brown leather. Uh-huh. And, and so that it couldn't be recognized, I dyed it black. Oh, boy. Oh, Ralph. Some shoe dye. Oh, wow. Patricia, if you, uh, Walden, if you could have seen the look on this guy's face when he came out. <laughs> you know what the post looks like after mm -hmm. you take the seat off? Yeah, it's very uncomfortable. It don't look good. No, it doesn't. He, 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 his mouth fell open. <laughs> so we're up on the rooftop watching. <laughs> oh, Ralph. Well, it's a bad one, but I, I you know... I, Very bad one. That's I worse you to know I was there. <laughs> That's worse than the mirror. Well, I'm, I'm trying to be the worst possible. Well, I don't 
want you to be the worst possible. Maybe just can you top this was not the thing to ask. Yeah, you, you kind of do it. Can you top this thing? Yeah, well, then you bottomed it. You didn't top it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's not the worst one. I won't tell you the worst. Oh, dear Lord, no. Please don't. If that's not the worst one, I don't want to know. <laughs> I sent you pictures of the uh, Alabama destruction that I got from a okay. relative. You take a look at it later. Okay, I'll take a look at them later. All right. Uh, I'm going to go and um, go forth we'll leave you. I'm going to repent now. <laughs> oh, that's it. That's it. Go repent. Mm -hmm. This is good. Yes. This is My good. My no, You promise you're not going to see on any bicycle seats tomorrow? Well, I don't think I'm, I'm up to that really. Okay, I, okay. I have no use for one now. <laughs> that poor man, out of ice cream pocket change, had to buy a new seat. Do you remember Good Humor Man? No, I'm not going to tell anybody. But no, do you remember them? Well, I'm 78 years old. Of course I do. <laughs> okay, go on. Do you remember them or not? We have, we have Jingle Bell trucks that still go through here. Mm -hmm. Really? Yeah. We do shoes. I haven't seen while. one of those. Wow, you'll hear this thing. that it, it doesn't jingle. It's got this almost a calliope sound to it. Oh, really? Play this music over and over and over and over. And I'm telling you, if somebody didn't shoot it out, we need to call Fred. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's awful. We had a, a, a year or two. I, I used to call him the Dingling Man. The Dingling Man. <laughs> our street. That's funny. Well, I'm, I'm on our street in San Jose, but he wasn't a good humor man. He just had one of these. He was not. Ice cream trucks. Yeah, I used to love to let him. He passed my house, and after he passed my house, I would whistle, and he would go down and make a U-turn and come back thinking it was somebody who wanted to buy ice cream. Oh, Ralph. Yeah, well, I... I oh, Ralph. In my later years, I was... You are not cuddles in that story. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I enjoyed that. <laughs> Obviously, you did. Walden, help me here. This is terrible. Ralph is one of a kind. There's no doubt about that. Ralph is one of a kind. I can't wait to hear what Walden did. Walden, were you mischievous? Not really. Not in your, not in your league. Not in your league. I guess not. I, I've never met anybody. My, my, not true. My, my, my great, uh, I'll tell you, my great uncle, who I was named after, um, as a kid, they uh, they got a cow into the second or third floor of the, of the school room. A cow? A cow. They walked the cow up to school. So... Okay. So can you imagine the school principal the next day opening up and there was a cow in his office, in his room, in a classroom? <laughs> I love it. That, that's pretty good. That's pretty you good. You didn't have any cows, though. No. <laughs> there so were no cows where I was. No, no cows, huh? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, listen, I'm, I'm talking too much. I gotta get out of here before you. Before you. Before you. Before, before you tell us you went out or what? Yeah. Before, before you, you break my heart. Yeah. Oh, I'm. Oh, I'm just heartbroken here. Well, don't park your bicycle anywhere near where I am. <laughs> 
and don't fall asleep in front of you either. Pick <laughs> up with black circles around your eyes. Oh my. All right, kids, I'm going to leave you alone for the rest of the night. Okay. I've got a lot of fun talking to you. Good night, Ralph. Have a great week. Thanks for calling. Bye. Bye. <sighs> oh, dear me. I think I asked the wrong question. <laughs> well, let's see. What two, two things I did? Um, well, let's see. Um, you know, my dad worked daytime, and he worked at a, a, a glass manufacturing place at night. So my dad was always, you know, half there, half with. He would be with us in body, but sometimes sleep on a couch kind of thing. And I asked my dad one time, could I have uh, new wallpaper? And I thought he gave me permission. Uh-huh. So, so I think I was six or so. My brother, I took my brother, who was like three. So we went in there to make new wallpaper for my bedroom. He and I were sharing the same bedroom. So, uh... We, we took our crayons and drew circuit themes throughout, and uh, my parents were just impressed. They kept it up for a while before my dad decided he had to you know, clean it and paint it, and I always regret that he didn't take pictures of it, keep, kept pictures of it later, so. So that's one thing I guess I did. 714-545-2071. Give us a call. Walden? Yes. I really am a Pollyanna. I know you are. That's why you're adorable. Good grief. I never did stuff like this. I know. I still have many years to go. Maybe well, I could... No, 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 I'm not going to catch it. No, no, I think you need to keep your pristine image. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think... Pollyanna, yeah. Yeah. See, I can do that. You, Polly, you should be Polly. I'll, I'll be Polly. Okay. But see, I, I wouldn't say that really was a bad thing. I got permission. Walden. Yes. How old were you? Six? Oh, six, yeah. I think you knew the difference. No, I really didn't. I asked. Uh-huh. So you're, you're... Honestly. And my parents didn't punish me for it. I don't know how you people got away with this. And, you know, now, when I was 13, I, I screwed up. I went skiing in Lake Tahoe. And um, we had a rental con- a rent- a rented a condo. And I was putting on my ski booth, and I accidentally tapped the window. That whole thing was practically cutting shreds, practically, when you tap it with a ski booth. Oh, well. Uh, 714-545-2071. Give us a call. Patricia, I tell you. Walden out because, <laughs> I mean, gee willikers, guys. At least I didn't shoot anything out with a, with a shotgun. This is true. This is true. Yeah. I, I never shot anything with a shotgun. I never shot anything except when I grew up and, you know, with target practice and uh-huh. stuff, and I'm, I was pretty good at that. But, gee willikers. Gee, willikers. Bam. Wow. Okay, well, I have stuff. Anybody, what's your favorite ice cream? you have any good humor stories like Ralph did? We'd love to hear it. What kind of stuff you got? <laughs> no, not like Ralph. <laughs> 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 it's going to 
going to take me a while to get over these guys. <laughs> it, it, you can tell it's a guy thing, you know? You don't think girls do that? I don't think girls go around stealing bicycle seats. Although, in today's milieu, I do not know. Uh-huh. I do not know. I think they'd steal cars, not bicycle seats. Yeah. Yeah, I guess today kids probably got in a little more trouble than yesterday kids. Uh, a lot. I'm not sure that they get in any more trouble. They should get in more trouble, but they're not. Yeah. All right, I have two confessions for this week. This is true confessions time. You want to share it on the air, or should we get talk off the air about this? No, I think I can share it on the air. Okay. I ate lumpy food this week. Mm, what? I did. You did? Food with lumps in it. How in the world did you wind up doing that? Well, because ice cream was on sale. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, it was two for one. I mean, that's half price. So what flavor did you wind up getting? Well, I had two choices, and one of them was butter pecan, mm-hmm. and you get nuts in butter pecan, and it was actually very good. Mm-hmm. So I may have to rethink my thing about lumps in my food, at least in ice cream anyway. Mm-hmm. I don't like chocolate chips in my ice cream. I don't like, I really don't like lumps in my ice. I don't like lumps in food, but that one was okay. That one tasted good. And what was the other flavor? Well, the other flavor, it was the, the chocolate vanilla strawberry thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I should have gotten another butter pecan. It, it was much better than this one. Well, you sure the sale's not out, gone? Oh, it was a one-week deal. Well, this week it's not up. Well, yes, it is for my supermarket. They do an unusual thing, and they put the new items on sale on Thursdays. So it runs Thursday to the end of day on Wednesday. And then Thursday morning, they've got new goodies out. It's Hmm. really very peculiar, but I don't know. gets people in there. It covers the whole weekend, which is really a nice thing for shoppers. True. If you can't get there Friday or Saturday, you can pop in on Sunday or Monday and still get the same sales. And they've always got items on the shelf. They're really a very good supermarket. They never run out of stuff. They run out of stuff, but it, it doesn't seem that it's the sale items. And if you know there's something not on the shelf and you ask, they come right out with it. They've got them in the back. Hooray for yeah. food. Do you want to know my second one? Sure. What is it? It's really a bad one. I'm growing fond of the chipmunks. Patricia? I know. I have a reputation. Mm-hmm. Well, let's see. Now, I thought we, I, I think I know we talked privately. You watched the movie here about two weeks ago, right? Yeah, there were two Christmas chipmunk movies mm-hmm. on television, mm-hmm. and I watched them. And little Theodore is adorable. Mm-hmm. He really is. Mm-hmm. He's so cute. So. Um, and I thought, they've actually got personalities. They're not just noisemakers. <laughs> so I may have to learn how to put up with the noise of the chipmunks. But they really were cute movies. I had never seen them before. If you want to know a secret, everybody. What? Patricia has really sensitive ears. Yes, she does. And so if, 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 it, if they snap, crackle, and pop and she doesn't like it, she just might tune them out, so... Just well, like, you know, they've got this kind of high-pitched, squeaky... Squeaky thing? You know, it's, it's okay. It's a novelty song. Mm-hmm. It really is a cute song when they when they do Christmas, mm-hmm. Christmas Time is Here. Right. And it doesn't get any cuter when you hear it for the 30-second time. 
So I think it's just the numbers of times that we've had to listen to it over the years, and finally my ear said, enough. But now I have to rethink it because these cute little movies, I've got the movies from Dr. Dale. Yes. And I never opened the packages. They're, they're still... They're still there. They're still shrink-wrapped. They're just the way he sent them. Right. So this was the first time I had seen the movies, even though I, I may not even have these Christmas ones. He sent three. I'll have to check them when we play a show later. And um, I know I know a couple Christmas ago, my brother sent me a whole Christmas album. They did more than like just that one Christmas song, like 20 different Christmas. realized cri- that only recently. Right. So I bet they did other stuff, too. Well, I have a product question. We Actually, I've got all sorts of neat things for tonight. But I went hunting for yes. advertising. Our show, if we ever get to it tonight, is from 1945. Hooray. So I've got a site that I visit every once in a while, and it's got print ads with graphics and pictures, and sometimes it's just words. But almost always there's at least a, a graphic that goes along with the ads from those years. And I don't know if it's customary, if it was customary that this was just the done thing that they were all illustrated or this particular place only features illustrated advertising but here is one with um elmer elmer the cow elsie and elmer i don't know elmer but i know elsie elsie well her husband was elmer (laughs) All right. I didn't know she was married. I didn't know she was married. Yeah, and they had they had a calf. They did have kids. Remember what the calf's name is? They did have kids. See now, you know, in those days, you had to have a husband in order to have kids. That's uh, true. What were the kids' names? Uh, well, we know for sure it wasn't Boo Boo Boo. It was not Boo Boo. <laughs> <laughs> no, but anyway, here is this great big ad. It's a. Uh, Two pictures, two panels, mm-hmm. and it's got Elsie kind of looking mopey-dopey, looking out the window while Elmer is on his way to go ice skating with one of the kids, mm. if you can picture this. Uh-huh. And the, the uh, little balloon box says, gosh, it's no fun staying home alone, but I'm just too tired to go along. And the next one is they're both out there skating and having a wonderful time, and it says, oh, it, it was Elsie who was out with the little one. It's Elmer who was home. Gosh, it's no fun staying home. And Elsie is saying in the next panel while they're out ice skating with the kids, Elmer's a new man now that he's drinking Hemo, H-E-M-O. I never heard of that product before. Yeah. You know what it was? Well, I, I was thinking hemoglobin for crying out loud, but I have no idea. I, I, what were you thinking? Oh, uh, hemoglobin. Yeah, I know. It's <laughs> a dumb name. Hemo. What the heck is hemo? Well, it was... Strawberry a, milk? It was something in chocolate milk. Hmm. It was a chocolate milk product that was sold as vitamins in chocolate milk. Huh. Hemo. Huh. Ordens Hemo. Drink your vitamins and like them. Huh. Two glasses of Hemo made with milk. Supply your full day's needs. Well, for goodness sakes, if you just drank two glasses of milk, you'd probably get the same thing. 
But anyway, it's a product I never heard of. I'm guessing it probably didn't stay around for very long. But maybe somebody else knows about it, and, and that's from a 1945 ad. Well, you would think all the chocolate syrup would have been nutritious and healthy and good for you, so you know, you would need your hemo. You would think. I know. I'm with you. Mm -hmm. I think so, too. Mm -hmm. H-E-M-O. Hmm. So if... If you drink that stuff, you could have gone ice skating with Elsie and Elmer. Mm -hmm. And then I got another one, Canada Dry. Except it's by the Canada Dry Ginger Ale Company. Ah, uh, yes. They distributed whiskey. I did not know that. The, the brand name was Fine Arts Whiskey. Huh. I didn't know that. Did you know that the Canada Dry was a, a, an exclusive distributor of whiskey? Nope. Whiskey. Nope. nope. I did not know that. Another one, 1945. It says distributed solely by Canada Dry Ginger Ale Inc., New York, New York. And underneath it has buy U.S. war bonds and stamps. And it's this ad for fine arts is all whiskey. Five-year-old whiskeys are carefully selected. Aroma, deep body, yada, yada, yada. And it's 90 proof. That was pretty potent stuff for 1945. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. They weren't selling. I wonder how popular ginger ale and Canada dry products really were. I don't know. I have no idea. Information please made it a big thing. Sure did. For, for several years, they did not produce bourbon or whiskeys. So what they were selling during the war was the five-year-old stock that they had already produced. Ah. After the war, they were running short. You couldn't buy whiskey for a while after the, well, I mean, it, it was very dear and, and, and rare because it would have been left over from other stocks, but they stopped making it during the war. So it was the aged, all of the whiskeys were aged, so you were buying the aged stock mm -hmm. that had been bottled before the war. And by the end of the war, they hadn't bottled any new stuff. So the old, stuff, from. the old stuff became more expensive. Very. Yeah. Very. I would imagine during the war it was probably very expensive because they knew they weren't making any, I don't know, it's just really kind of an interesting end. And it caught me by surprise mm -hmm. that it was Canada Dry. And then I got one more. It is an ad for Western Electric Telephone Company. Hmm. Never heard of them. Okay. And, well, West, I'm sorry. It wasn't Western Electric Telephone Company. It was Western Electric. Western Ele okay. So Western Electric. Okay. Western Electric. Mm -hmm. And they were selling telephones and hmm. communications products. Okay. And they've got war scenes all over the place. They've got a guy in a munitions factory. They've got somebody behind... Um, night guns and somebody at, at, in a submarine and they've got all of these on battleships the armored forces, the Marine Corps I, I mean just picture after picture after picture and when you got to the end it was another one that said this is where all of our equipment is so you're probably going to have a really hard time finding it at home until the war is over so it's a huge ad and, and color I want to it's interesting that so many companies did um, 
brand identifying ads rather than trying to sell products. Brand identification. You're yeah. absolutely right. We, might- we've gone through a couple of them over the last year where I have found when they were selling washing machines that weren't made yet, right. selling cars that weren't designed yet. Uh, but it, it was brand recognition, jockey shorts. Right. They talked about sending jockey shorts to war. <laughs> the Marines have them, so you don't. Take care of the ones you have. I mean, those, those were designed, obviously, to keep, you're right, the brand in front of people's eyes, the brand name, so that they wouldn't forget. But I think it was probably a, a dual marketing strategy. Mm-hmm. If, if their names were going to be recognized because they had stayed in front of the public all the time. But they were also setting themselves up as patriotic manufacturers, so people would be more inclined to buy from a patriotic manufacturer when they could get the supplies, as opposed to someone who didn't advertise at all that they were sending everything overseas. I mean, the cars were overseas. Cars, the, the cars weren't overseas, but the automobile manufacturers retooled to make war. Yeah. War items and cars and tanks and jeeps. I think Dad pointed out to me that in the 30s there were some car ma- that really pulled in the range, and they died because they didn't, they weren't really advertising or making products mm-hmm. per se. They were just trying to ride out the depression. Just ride it out, yeah, and and you just wasn't the right yeah. Facilities are devoted to meeting our fighters' vast needs. That's why not all requests for home telephones can be filled till after victory. I think that was a kind way of saying nobody's request is going to be filled. Huh, interesting. So those are my ads for today. I thought that was pretty cool. 714-545-2071. Give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. We're here. Yeah. We would. We are hearing. If not, we'll break into it. I think I have an update news story. Oh, really? Yeah, hold on. For, you, you talk for 30 seconds and I'll go get the, the breaking news story. Okay, I can talk for 30 seconds while Walden does that. We're going to have a Stump Walden question. That was, and a couple of questions that aren't Stump Walden. Every week we have a Stump Walden question, and he is so darn good at this stuff. I don't think I've stumped him more than a half a dozen times in a year and a half. But if you're a first-time caller, I get to send radio shows to you. You get to pick radio shows, and if I have them, you get them. That's, that's a deal and a half. And then if you answer a trivia question, you can have even more shows. So I did my concession. I did the ads. Walden's questions. This is not a stump Walden question, but I do have one. And it is, Walden, are you listening while I'm talking? I sure am. Go right here, my dear. Okay. This is not your Stump Walden question, but it's something I came across. When and where did the five-day work week begin, changing the universal six-day work week, Monday through Saturday? When did the five I'll, – I'll ask you when, but you don't really have to know that. Um, what were the circumstances that it changed to a five-day work week? I guess it's sometime in the 50s because you still heard about it. Uh, World War Two, people were doing six-day work week, and uh, especially the movie stills were doing a Saturday short like a half day. 
So my guess would be sometime in the mid-50s. Mid-50s. I remember a couple of shows in the Great Gildersleeve where he had to go to work on Saturday, and Saturday was a half a day working, and it surprised me. I did not realize until I heard those shows that that's, it, that's what happened. It started with Henry Ford. Henry Ford doubled his employees' pay and a couple of years later instituted the five-day work week on May 1st, 1926. And the other manufacturers went crazy. They thought he was nuts, and they went crazy, but gradually they, they had to come into line. But that was the first time the five-day work week was introduced. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing. Good for him. And they went crazy because they jacked, he jacked up... I, I believe it was, and, and you can help me on this, uh -huh. there were um, some toe-to-toe -to -toe problems with Henry Ford and unions. He did not want a unionized business. So in order to put himself out ahead, he did things like the five-day work week, and he raised salaries sufficiently that it was almost double. Well, he was the one that came up with a $5 working day. That was the $5 work day, and yes, I, and it was almost double of what the other manufacturers, the car manufacturers, were paying. And, you know, and it was double what the general industry standard was, not, not even just cars, but industry in general. And that's what he stuck with in, in two years, which I thought was really remarkable. Two years after he instituted the $5 work week for his workmen, he equaled it for women. Wow. You know, you know the reason why he both uh, had the $5 working salary, five hour, $5 a day working salary. Why? The theory is that he wanted his workers to buy cars. That sounds reasonable to yeah. me. Yeah. He also wanted them <laughs> to produce just as much and work harder during the five days as they were during mm -hmm. the six days. So he actually compressed their job into five days. But um, reality is he was the first person to give people two days off a week. Everybody else was giving them one day, Sunday. That's pretty good. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Okay. What you got for us? Okay. This is our breaking news for, uh, well, only 60, 66 years ago, Patricia. Here we go. This what happened 66 years ago today. This is Dick Tracy on the case of the empty safe. Stand by for action. Let's go, man. This is Dick Tracy, protector of law and order. Here's a special news bulletin. New York. The British Broadcasting Company has just reported that Adolf Hitler died of a stroke at the Reich Chancellery in the heart of Berlin, Berlin. The German radio at Hamburg, a few minutes earlier, simply stated that he had died at his command post, quote, fighting up to his last breath against Bolshevism. The German radio then added that Admiral Karl Dönitz, the former commander of the Nazi Navy, had been appointed as Hitler's successor and had pledged himself to carry on the fight against the British, Americans, and Russians. Hamburg said significantly that Hitler had appointed Dönitz as his successor yesterday, Monday. 
Blue Network monitors have heard the BBC state in the past few minutes that Admiral Dönitz made the announcement personally over the Bremen radio in northern Germany, indicating that the fight would be directed from the north. Only last week, the most prominent Nazi military commentator surrendering to the American Ninth Army said Hitler's death would mean the end of German resistance. We emphasize, however, there has been no allied confirmation of the German story of Hitler's passing. This bulletin came from our New York newsroom. Just now, wanted to keep us up to date with the current story of the day. Amazing, and of course we know he didn't die of a stroke. No. In fact, Patricia, we even, we even had the same announcement in front of the Phil McGee and Molly show. They hopped in with that? Yeah, they mentioned it again. Not 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 that it was a stroke. Let me see if I can pull that file up, so give me a second here. Okay. Yeah. Talk, talk. Oh, I have to tell you, did you say talk, talk? Uh-huh. Okay, talk, talk. I've got some useless but fun stuff. Will that work? Yeah. All right, May 2nd. So I, I did April 30th, May 1st, and May 2nd, because we're all over the place on the weekends. May 2nd, 1933. The Loch Ness Monster was reported in a London newspaper. Isn't that too cool? <laughs> that is pretty good. We have a cousin in Scotland who is pretty big menace. They, they don't want to discourage people not to come over to look for the monster. Yeah, this is this is a, a big deal. I, I should have copied the entire thing. I actually didn't and, and then um, cleaned it out because it was such a long article. But uh-huh. apparently there are... Um, Almost prehistoric, you know, not really prehistoric, but very old. Like from the from the the first century, there are rock drawings of a similar monster at the side of the lock, which is a 25 mile long and 800 feet deep lake. That's a that's a lot of lake. Here's um, the here's the beginning of the uh, announcement on the film again, Molly show that heard that night, that Tuesday, May first, 1945. The National Broadcasting Company reminds its listeners that regular programs will be interrupted for the broadcast of any important news developments. Today, the Hamburg Radio announced the death of Adolf Hitler. This report from the enemy has had no official confirmation from allied sources. Should any developments occur on this story of Hitler or any other major story, you will be kept informed by NBC. The Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. And that's what how the handle get before Phil McGee and Molly. And I, they were so careful uh-huh. about making sure people understood that it was not confirmed, the yep. information they had gotten in, which was a little bit different from George Hicks. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but that was fun. Yeah. Um, Just something I, I thought, considering it wasn't going to be on tomorrow, I figured this was a good time to wait till it got into May 1st for you. Yes, and And you know, as I went through my history stuff, I picked up that it was the anniversary of Hitler's death. And I should have pulled that show for tonight, and but I got lazy. We've been kind of dog and pony. <laughs> I know, but I do have the show if we want to go that way. So oh, well, I should have. You but know, you know, we can we, we can we can wait till next week, because next Sunday, everybody, VE Day, May eighth does fall on a Sunday, and I'm gonna, that's all I'm going to play shows heard of that day. Oh, that'll be neat. That will be neat. From the It'll be ever so neat. From the different kids shows that were heard to the new Bolton to uh, the Hollywood shows that celebrated to Norman Corwin's show to Fermi and Molly, you heard all shows that were heard of that day. Uh-huh. Oh, what a great thing you're doing. Mm, well, keep me off the streets. 
<laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> you have figured out ways to play shows and then get out on the street. And how. Okay, so with Nessie, I have, I have to finish about Nessie. Uh-huh. The Loch Ness Monster. There was, a, one year later, a famous... And how is it doing? Pardon? Why am I not hearing myself? Hold on. Probably because you didn't have yourself plugged in. I'm hoping... Are we, are we still being broadcast? We don't know. We lost Walden. Okay, Nessie, 1934 photograph. It seemed to show a dinosaur-like creature with a long neck emerging out of the murky waters. But in 1994, that famous 1934 I'm photo, 60 years later, are you there? Huh. We've lost him. Poor Walden. We have lost him. Oh, okay. I turned on the, I turned on the wrong pot. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. So, what happened I, to you? I, think I couldn't hear you for one. I said, what in the world did I do? What did you do? Um, now you're gone. Where are you? Gone. Talk for me, Patricia. I got to do, do something here to keep me going. I have to do something. Okay, as long as I know. So, we've got a 60-year-old photograph that was debunked in 1994. It was a hoax. But, as Walden said, it did not dampen any enthusiasm from tourists who set up camp and sit by the side of the water waiting for the Loch Ness Monster to appear. So that was my, my one fun thing for May okay. 1993. Now, you, you sounded a little funny, so go ahead and talk to me for a minute. Are you there? We lost her again. <laughs> oh, dear. There we go. Are you there? I'm here now. Oh, Finally. you're here now. Finally. 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 I think I shut something off, and then my tuna dial in my headset got turned down to zero. Okay. And then my hearing battery, I thought, went dead. It did not. And then my hearing aid went kapoof, so that's okay. I just uh, take the hearing aid out and just adjust the board, and here I am. So much for technology, huh? You bet. <coughs> you bet. Uh all right, well, I've got some really fun stuff. Now, this is fun. It's fun, useless, but fun. This is in my useless, but fun category. Uh-huh. Kermit the Frog is left-handed. No kidding. Well, actually, I, I guess left-footed. What do you call a frog feet? The front ones. I mean, you got frog legs in the back. What do you call the front ones? It depends if you're going to eat them or not. <laughs> no, you eat the back legs. Those are the legs. So what do you call the front things? Feet, you know, like arms? I don't know either. I never thought about that. Anyway, Kermit's left-handed. I don't know how somebody figured that out, but that's what it says. Kermit is left-handed. Theodore Roosevelt. Yes. This one is right up your alley. He was the only United States president to deliver an inaugural address without using the word I. Yeah, he said, boy. I beg your pardon? That was a cash play. Boy. Boy. Bully. Bully. Yeah. Bully. Mm -hmm. I can deal with that, but he never used the word I in his inaugural address. Well, you know what else he's known for in terms of an address? Teddy Bear. Yeah, true, but what did he t What happened to him and he kept uh, talking? Oh, wait. Uh, was he, did they try to assassinate him? Correct. And he, and he got hit. And, and he got hit and, and he, he just was, kept on going. Yes. Nope. He figured he wanted to finish yeah. the speech first. Yep, nobody knew he was hip. He did. And, wow. Well, <laughs> oh, you know, 
I hadn't thought about the expression. <laughs> somebody else knew he was that. Well, somebody must have. Didn't somebody? I think they did, but he just refused to, uh, I said, no, I'm going to finish this up. And he talked, I'm going to finish this. And he talked for another hour or so. Wowzers. Boy, when they talk about Teddy Roosevelt being tough, they weren't kidding. He is, he is one of the great characters of our history, considering what he did and what he done and the personality he was. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. All right, I've got a PS to that one. Yeah. There are three presidents who gave inaugural addresses who used the word I one time. Throughout the entire address, it was just the word I one time. Abraham Lincoln, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, and Dwight D. Eisenhower. Lincoln, I would uh, guess. That's interesting. Uh, Roosevelt, I never would have guessed. Yeah, yeah. And Eisenhower, mm, that would have been up for grabs. Uh-huh. I wouldn't, but I, and Franklin, I would not have thought no. he would be so self-effaced. They didn't say which inaugural address for these guys either. Yeah, true. So, uh, but anyway, I thought, so there's going to be a test next week. I'm going to ask you about Teddy Roosevelt. Right. And what was remarkable about his inaugural address. I think we can do that. Yeah. And now, my final item. Oh, I have two items here. 1915, the average annual family income, 1915. Annual income, what do you think it was? $300. Yeah, I would have guessed an awful lot more. It was $687. But I still, I, I, I don't know what I would have. I'd say I would have guessed more. No, 1915? I don't know. I, I probably would have just sat here and said, I don't know. I think that's when uh, Ford instituted the uh, $5 deal. That's why it was such a big deal. Yeah, it was a little bit after that that he did that, but around that time. Okay around that time. And the first parking meter. Where do you think the first parking meter was installed? New York City. No, I would have guessed that too. Mm. Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Can you imagine? They must have charged cattle or something. I mean, who would, who would put up a parking in 1935? Who would put up a parking meter in Oklahoma City? I'm surprised it's that late. 1935. Yeah. That's very interesting. I'm going to have to do some homework and verify that one. I don't, think so. You don't trust your source? I don't trust my sources. <laughs> no. You just, you identify and verify. Who said that? I do not know. I just read that this week. Somebody said it this week. Identify and verify. Must be somebody in the, yeah. in, it must be somebody in the, in the news game. Yeah, journalism school or someone who is really, um has integrity in reporting. So, okay, so talk to me for a minute and then I'll tell you about raining cats and dogs. Uh-huh. I love that. That's a that's one of the great cat faces of all time. It is. You see what Dennis made me do? He can do the school. <laughs> he sent me to do more homework. <laughs> favorite, favorite, favorite radio program. Mm -hmm. not, not an individual but the actual program, the show itself. What about your favorite, favorite show? No, I want a favorite, favorite program first. Who, me? Yeah. Oh, I'm, I, I change with the wind. I never know what to say. <laughs> that's my line. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, that's why we're so close. We, we, we think alike. 
Well, no, I, I, I love film game Molly. I love the great girls for you. I like luxury or theater and the halls of ivy. I could come up with a whole list of stuff. But I'd be happy with Fibber. I'd be happy if, if we have to go somewhere, if we have to go on a road trip for the next, you know, to cover the United States to visit all the family. Mm-hmm. I, I think we'd be happy with Fibber, McGee, and Molly, all 900 episodes. To listen to on the way, to drive into everybody's house. Uh-huh. That's an interesting way to put it. If you were, it's similar to if you were sent off to be all by yourself and you could only have three shows with you, which three would you take? Well, I'd be happy with that for a road trip. That would, that would make it. Yep. On a road trip, you'd have other people to talk to. Uh-huh. Well, I figure that's where we can get free, a free lunch and dinner, Patricia. It'll cut, uh, cut our trucks to travel down. How could you get a free lunch and dinner? If we come and visit, visit the family. Don't you think they're going to feed us? Oh, oh you're, oh, you're good. <laughs> you're good. <laughs> Everybody out there, watch out. Walden's coming your way, and he expects to be fed. And I, he's a good eater, too. We just don't feed him fish, and he'll eat everything else. Yeah. We'll take ice cream first. Okay. And then the main entree. Yeah, are you going to do this backwards? I think this is great. I think Social Security should be backwards, too. Go ahead. I, I, hey. Well, didn't somebody say it would be, it'd be better off to... Let's see, to play when you're young and work when you're old. That was me. Great line. I said that. Well, see, you're a smart bunny rabbit. Sure. Everybody needs Social Security until you're about 60 years old, and then everybody who's 60 wants to go to work anyway and can't find a job. So if we do it backwards, then everything is fixed. I like it. Sure. The government needs us, Walden. I know. The world needs us. I know. Yeah, 714-545-2071. Give us a call. I've got comic strip trivia. I've got regular trivia with old-time radio and stuff like that there. And we want to know if you watch the royal wedding and if you have any wedding stories of your own. Best wedding, worst wedding, chivalries. Anybody ever do a chivalry? This is good. Um, I know what Ice cream. Talk to me about ice cream parlors and good humor, ma'am. I know my friend Jeff Gilbert, who uh, calls here once in a while. Uh-huh. Uh, I was his best man at his wedding. Uh-huh. And if people who may or may not know Jeff is, is blind, partially blind, and so he doesn't drive, but he, and he had a guide dog um, as, as part of the ceremony. And what they did... Uh, when it was time for the, for the wedding rings, uh, Jeff called his dog, and the dog brought him up. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so the dog was the ring bearer. Uh-huh. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, so that was, that was the touch that Jeff had. Uh-huh. That's a great story. Yeah. 714-545-2071. Give us a call. Did you see the royal wedding? You know? Yes, I did. Did, did. did you get an invite to the royal wedding? No, I didn't. Well, we almost there, though. <clears throat> a lot of people didn't. But I wonder how many weddings been televised. Like hmm. that. I don't know. Interesting. You know, we did have a radio show called Bride and Groom, Patricia, where people actually got married on the radio. On the radio. When did that happen? It was in the 40s. 
I went to a men's room and they had a full length uh, wall, uh, seal, wall to, uh, ceiling to floor uh, mirror. Mm-hmm. And, um, when I walked into the men's room, I saw this guy walking out and I thought it was a guy walking out. So I kept on walking real fast and I ran into the mirror and broke the mirror. Oh, ow, were you okay? I had to replace the whole mirror. It was a, it was a big, uh, really large mirror, and it was kind of expensive, but um, it was me walking out. Oh, my goodness. It was a picture of me walking out, uh, oh. me walking into the into the men's room, and I saw this guy, and I didn't recognize it was me, and I, wa- <laughs> I walked toward him, and it was me, and I crashed into the mirror. Wow. Well, you, you were okay? Can you imagine that, though? Yeah, I can. You see see a picture in the mirror of somebody walking towards you. Right. (laughs) And it was me. And it was you. You know, that's really scary. That's spooky. That must have scared the bejabbers out of you when you hit the wall. Anyway, you you know, you talked about frog flakes, you know. And I I went to a restaurant and ordered frog flakes one time. Uh Uh-huh. And, um... You know, I, it was a nice restaurant. It was an expensive restaurant. It was, it, it was really nice, and uh, I had a good time. And then when I left it, I thought about, you know, I, t- I turned around and walked toward the restaurant and looked on the side of the alley, on the side of the restaurant between the two buildings, and I said, gee, you know, I expe- expected to see a lot of frog bodies. <laughs> Oh, what did they do with the rest of them? That's interesting. What, what do you do with the rest of the frog? Yeah, they never never talk about that. <laughs> now, now, we were talking... That's only a small part of a frog that you use. Yeah. And the rest of it is gone to waste. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. All right, I have a frog question for you. Oh, boy. I, okay. Well, I mean, it's, it's along the conversation. What do you call a frog's front feet? Front what? You know, the, the front, whatever, what, I mean, they, they stand on four. You got the back things or legs. What are the front things? Uh, dorsal feet? I don't know. I, I was calling them arms, but that sounds dumb for a frog. Yeah, you'd think it would be arms, but if it was arms, they wouldn't sell them in a restaurant. <laughs> Yeah, you can't buy frog arms in a restaurant. Right. <laughs> oh, Lordy, that's funny. That is funny. Uh, I wanted to tell you a story about when I when I was going blind, and I have RP, and um, so many people have RP, and and it's a it's a disease that goes so slowly that you don't realize it's going, and then all of a sudden it's gone. Huh? Um, and um. I uh, had a had a a motorcycle, and I was I had a girlfriend that lived on the other side of the city, and um, I drove to um, her house one night, and I could see at night really good, but I couldn't see in the daytime anything. Because huh? when the sun came out, I was blind, and um, as soon as it got dark, I could see. So I used to play baseball as soon at dusk, and and um, my father couldn't see the ball coming back when I hit it. Couldn't see it coming back toward him, and um, anyway, uh, when I was riding to my girlfriend's house on a uh, motorcycle, I uh, got caught uh, when I was about three blocks away from her house. Now I I rode about um, 
25 minutes to get there. And then uh, right before I got to her house, I got caught by the police. And they pulled me over, and I, I, I saw the, I heard the siren. And so I pulled over, but I didn't have any mirrors, so I didn't know anybody was in back of me. And um, I wanted to tell you, um, what happened was the policeman came up to me, and he said, um, can I see your license and registration? And I said, I don't have a license. I don't have a registration. This is a, I just bought this motorcycle. And uh, he said, well, we're in trouble. He says, uh, you know, you don't have, I'm going to say, you don't have a mirror. You don't have a, you don't have a horn. You don't have plates. I noticed that when I was following you, you didn't have any plate on the back of it. So, um, you had so many violations that, um, it's going to cost at least $300 for a fine. And, um, then he, he started to walk back to his car to get some, some I don't know what he was going to get, but uh, he was going to write everything down and uh, everything that I, every violation that I had. And then I said, um, when he was all done, he started, he says, uh, okay, um, I'm going to escort you to the girl's house and then you have your father pick you up. I don't want you on the road anymore. And um, I said, oh, before you leave, don't, um, on the paperwork, don't leave out the fact that I'm legally blind. <laughs> and oh my gosh! And almost dropped. And um, <laughs> that was my only incident, but it was a scary one. That's a good one. And you know, he got me to my girlfriend's house, and he well, he waited until my father came, and he said, as long as you take him home, and you agree to sell this motorcycle within the next couple of days, then um, you can show me proof of it that I can, uh, I, I won't uh, give you a fine. Wow. Well, you know, that, that was really nice. Huh? That was really nice. Yeah, I did that. I did what he said, and I never had a motorcycle anymore, but that ended my motorcycle days. <laughs> Okay, well, you win the prize for that one. <laughs> That's a good story. And you know what? My favorite, my favorite, um, if I'm going on a trip, um, my favorite show to listen to would be um, The Twilight Zone. The Twilight Zone? Well, there was no radio show, The Twilight Zone. There's a current radio show that is... Yeah, there is now, but there wasn't then. No. Back then, no. But, uh... But I'm in my 60s, so I uh, I remember the old-time radio shows, but just to listen to an old-time radio show, I'd really, really rather have a Piri McGee and Molly, like you said. And, uh, it was good stuff. The only other thing I like to listen to now at work is um, I like to listen to um, the Twilight Zone episodes that, they, that they're putting up now. How many of them have you listened to? They're putting up new ones now. There's about 300 of them. How many have you been able to listen to? Um, probably uh, 150, probably. <laughs> You're right up there. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I listen to it all the time because I, I like that show because it's in stereo. And, uh, They're very well done. You're right. The old-time radio is not in stereo. No, it isn't. Are any of the productions uh, remastered into stereo? Oh, yeah. Robin? Yeah, that. 
Um, well, it, it, when you really hear a radio, uh, a, a radio show from the master desk, you almost can't believe what you're hearing because it's, uh, and then they, they, the line will put it in stereo sound. But, you know, those, those, when you get a chance to, when you get a chance to really work off the masters, that's when you really can tell the great sound quality. You that the know, like CDs that I have, um, don't, um, broadcast in stereo. Yeah. But, there's, there are a lot of, still a lot of fun to listen to. You bet. You bet. And I wanted to ask you one more thing, um, I don't know when it ended, but do you remember the detergent, laundry detergent salvo? I think I know the name, but that's about all. Do you because name and some of the products, I've, I do digging around for products, but that one was more recent than the old time radio, wasn't it? Or was it? I think it was in the early 50s. In the early 50s, so it would have been just at the tail end of old time radio? Yeah, probably. Okay, so I what was, was the question to about the old time radio? And I'm, I'm 64. So, what? what was the question about Salvo that you had? Well, it was a pill. I didn't know if it, you, either one of you ever heard of it. So it was. Uh, I think they dropped the pill into the water. Like it, a big tablet. Yeah, it was a big tablet, uh -huh. like a huge horse tablet, and you put it in the, into the into the water and then you turn the turn the washer on what was the advantage to having a tablet to drop you have no idea that's why i wondered if you could find out anything about it i i just uh, i don't know much about it but uh, i guess it was cleaner than was, pouring i thought it was pretty neat because it looked like a huge pill yeah huh maybe somebody could call in and talk about that I, I well, there's no laundry detergents that are in a pill form so I, I wondered why they did away with it or whatever, what, what, what happened, uh, hmm. because they somehow don't, I know they, they use different um, kinds of um, uh, softener to, to put in your dryer uh -huh. now uh, than, they, than they did when I was young, but um, this was the only time I ever used a pill to wash my clothes. <laughs> <laughs> you washed them with, with pills. That, that's really interesting. I guess it was neater than trying to measure out powdered uh, detergent. Did they have liquid detergents at the same time? No. No. No, so that's it was neater than, than pouring out with the... The, uh, the local, maybe it was a local company that was near my, where I live, and um, maybe it didn't hit the national scene, you know? Hmm. How interesting. All right. Well, as long as we're on the computer access, you can find that out. I, yes, I. All right. You, you guys are making me do homework tonight. You know that. Salvo <laughs> soap. I really enjoy your show. I haven't been on for a couple of weeks now, and uh, because uh, after I was on that one time, then I uh, had other things to do on the weekends. But I really uh, like to tune in and listen to you. I'm surprised that more callers don't call you. Well, most of the, I say most of the time, some nights the phone just keeps ringing and ringing and ringing, and the other nights it's a little bit slower, but we've missed you. I'm glad you found us back. All right, Don Sapphire on the Behance. List of, oh, it's a, it's a Procter & Gamble, or it was Procter & Gamble. Really? It sold from the early 60s into the 1970s. 
Does that sound right? So, so it was later than I thought. Okay. And, let's see. Right. I thought it was in the 50s. Well, you know, I mean, everything on the internet is true, Chuck. You understand? <laughs> That's right. I'm, I'm teasing you, of course. Um, it's how dumb you are. I have to read the internet. Yeah, well, let me see if there's another site. Salvo detergent tablets. You know what? Uh, but while you're, while you're looking at that, uh, I had a, a long time ago, I had a uh, envelope with a stamp on it, and it was Hitler. And, um... I was going to bring that to a stamp dealer, and, and I thought I would be making a lot of money, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, and I, brought, I went to bring it to a stamp dealer, and when I took it out of the um, briefcase, the stamp was so old it was brittle and it chipped off. Oh, no. And oh, no gosh, no. <laughs> so I went from riches to rags <laughs> real quick. You did it backwards. No, it, you, it looks like you're right. There's another site that says in the 1950s, and now there's another one that says 1965, so probably from the 50s into the 60s. Yeah, okay. Hey, I'll have to do some more homework on that. Boy, you guys are playing rough tonight. You got me out there doing homework. Okay, we're, we're into products here. I'm going to ask you a product question. Oh, okay. You're, you're into this now. Which product? It's a cleaning product said, it floats the dirt right down the drain. Roto-Rooter. No. Oh, no, no. Cleaning project. Oh, cleaning project. Uh-huh. Um, let's see. <clears throat> uh, it floats the dirt right down the drain? Yeah. Uh. I have to go out and check and make sure I've got the right answer. <laughs> Oh, well, then help me here. I am such a doofus. Of oh, you're doing good. But, yeah, they're running a lot of new Roto-Roto commercials lately. <laughs> yeah, Roto-Roto. those troubles down the drain. Yep. Yeah. Well, I remember definitely, uh, I think, I think Jane Withers was the spokesperson for the product in, on TV. Mm, she was... A plumber on TV. Uh-huh. And I'm sure it's up on um, on YouTube. I need to give her a call. I talked to her last year, and she was having some dental work, so I think she's willing to come on. So that'd be, oh, wow. That'd be fun to have her on. You guys know a lot of trivia. Well, we keep ourselves, we keep ourselves occupied. Okay, Chuck, you got to tell me. Which I don't know. <laughs> what's the dirt on the screen? Yeah, honestly... I, I'm gonna act stupid, and I don't know. All right. Well, I'm gonna ask you another one then. Which jingle began with "See the USA"? What product? Uh, Chevrolet. Oh, Chevrolet. I knew you could do it. <laughs> and who with the and who with the senior on that commercial? Uh, Doris Day. Oh, you're close. Close. Uh, got the, you got the right initials. You got the right initials. Eddie. Oh, yeah, you got the right. You got the first first initial. These and David. I don't. I, yeah. I get those two mixed up all the time when I hear them. Uh huh. Yeah, I can't tell them apart. Well, the the, the one that did commercial was from Tennessee and Doris was from Ohio. What well, doesn't make any sense? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, he he makes me crazy. <laughs> Help me here. It was Dinah Shore. 
That's right. And it's sore. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's okay. Check. So she did it on the, on a, um. On a TV commercial. On the, yeah. Um, on the Bob Hope uh, show. That's right. Did she do it on the Bob Hope show? No kidding. I wouldn't be surprised. Yep. My gosh. Okay, Chuck, this means I can send you some shows. Well, you can. Yes, I can. Wow. Well, what do you think you'd like? You know, I don't know if it, I don't know if they have any shows of it or not. But you know what show I used to like a lot is a, um, let's see. I Remember Mama. I Remember Mama. It was a TV show for nine years. Did they have any radio shows? And it, it, they do. They did. Do, right. They did it a couple of times on radio. Yeah, it was a. I thought um, I heard it on the radio. Yeah, it was, it, it was a one-hour deal, like on Lux Radio. It was on Lux. We have it from um, 1948, the fall, first season. Also, Cavalcade of America had a version called uh, Citizen Mama from 1949. Oh, I remember that that version. And, yeah. And, and that's when Rosemary Rice. That was actually... You know what? Oh, I'm sorry. No, but um, Rosemary Rice, who was the, the, the daughter in that show, told me that CBS used that radio, that radio show as an audition for TV. And so oh, the executives yeah. watched it, and then they put it on TV for nine years. Oh, how about that? Oh. Yeah. Well, I had one... You know what radio show I really liked then? It's, it's a hip parade. If you have any of that. Oh, those are good shows. Boy, I don't think so. I know I don't have any, but I... I, bet, I bet she can find them. You don't have any hip parade? Oh, you know... I bet she'll find show. them. Great oh, show. I know. I'm a failure, Chuck. I'm a failure. Oh, you're not. No, you're not. No, you're not. Uh, I will find... <laughs> I will find some and redeem myself. We'll be a faithful listener, but I... I uh, like I said, I missed it for two weeks, and and um. Uh, Happy to be back because you're friendly people. And oh, I'm, I'm so glad. It's a show. It's a, it's a really good show. I wish more people would call in because um, so I like to hear different inputs, you know? Yeah, they've got some good stories. Chuck, I will find some head parade for you. Okay. All right? Great. Okay. Well, thank you. Do have my address? I do so. I saved it. But Okay. I have. If you can take me off the air, I can tell my email address. Oh, good. Okay, Walton, well, you can do that? Yeah, give me a second here. Why don't we, um, why don't we play a little small feature, Patricia? And here's, short, here's a little story about Sherlock Holmes. Hold on. I love Jack. it. Okay. All right, Patty. Patty. Give me a second, Megan. Hello, this is General Taylor. What you are about to hear is an original Sherlock Holmes radio show, which was broadcast live in the mid-40s. It was my pleasure to act as producer-director of this series, which starred Basil Rathbone and Nigel Bruce. Before we hear the first of these shows, I'd like to tell you a little about what it was like at that time in live radio, and also a little about Basil Rathbone and Nigel Bruce. Sherlock Holmes show, there was no doubt about it. This was a powerful show. Everybody who listened to radio.
with a good Dr. Watson. Let's see if he's waiting for us. Good evening, Mr. Brown. Oh, good evening, Doctor. And there we go, a little bit of Sherlock Holmes during Yesterday USA. Very excellent. All right, 714-545-2071. Give us a call, we're awake. That one sounded like it was playing a little loud. It did, it did. Oh, well. Let me see here. No, it's okay. That was for later in case the setting is the same. Uh-huh. Probably was. Well, I found the bride and groom information. Oh, tell me. Oh, really? Uh-oh. And what you say? Hello? Hold on, bride and groom. Hello there. You're on the air. Hello, Walden. Hello, Patricia. Hello, Jim. Hi, Jim. How are you? We haven't heard from you for a while. Last week, people were using the phone, and I was going to listen, and I dozed off. So. Oh, what a confession. Yeah, well, not, not that your show was boring. It's just that <laughs> sometimes, you know, you're, you're relaxing, and you're just listening to things, and you you doze off. Uh-huh. But, it was, but I heard the... Uh, well, most of the, well, last week, of course, you had the Colorado show, and you had some other things going on, the Eddie Hubbard thing, and so I got to hear part of it anyway. Anyway, yeah, we were late I'll, last week, so you're excused. You can fall asleep when it's late like that. Well, I'm amazed you do it, uh, considering you're on Eastern Time. I'm still amazed how you can keep going till 4, or, well, actually till like 6 or till 7 or so your time in the morning on Sunday morning. Well, I'm a late-night person. I stayed up and watched the royal wedding the other day, well, yeah. and I didn't finish until, gee, at least 9 o'clock in the morning, so... Yeah, my housemate watched it. She went to sleep in part of it, though. Ah, see, I didn't fall asleep. I watched the whole thing, every little word and nuance. Now, when they, uh, now I'm sure they had a lot of coverage before the wedding itself, a lot of pre-coverage and things like that. Uh-huh. How long did the actual ceremony take? The actual ceremony was almost an hour. Mm-hmm. It was, I, I, I kept saying... Oh, my gosh, aren't they finished yet? Oh, my gosh, those poor people <laughs> sitting through all of this. And they would... I remember Diana's, when Princess Diana got married, I do remember listening to that one on the radio, and it uh-huh. seemed to be pretty... It, it, it took about that long, I think, maybe a little very long. very long. Yeah, they, they sat down. At least they didn't have to stand for the whole thing while people, while they were being lectured by the abbots and the uh, they were singing hymns, but they would sing a hymn, and I'd say, Phew, Okay, and they'd start another stanza of the hymn. Then we go through three and four stanzas of some of these hymns. It was really quite remarkable. Now, did they do, uh, it was debated on our classical music station here which piece would be used, and it was debated on the other morning, like, not debated, but the host said that sometimes they use a coronation, wedding march, the Prince of Denmark march, or the Prince of Denmark march, or and sometimes they use Here Comes the Bride. Did they do both pieces? They did not use Here Comes the Bride. The um, and I, I, one. That one you always hear on, religious, on various religious programs. Yeah, I did not recognize the music that they were playing on the entry, but the first piece of music, the, the actual piece of music that they played, was the same music that was the last one played at Princess Diana's funeral. Oh, the about the rose? The song that Elton John sang or not? Not the Elton John song, no, the the actual formal choir uh, or orchestra music. Oh, I think I know, well, I know what the, the, the song I was thinking of that they played on the classical station. I'm not very good at humming this. 
that was always used on a lot of weddings, uh, royal that, weddings. I can't think of the piece. Um, that one was not used. But they did not use Here Comes the Bride at all? Uh-uh. Okay. <laughs> or the Mendelssohn Midsummer Night's Dream Wedding Marks they didn't I use. I find out the first time it was used. Yeah. First time it was used? Uh-huh. The first time in history when when Here Comes the Bride, like, I... Wagner. It was Wagner. Yeah, I was, I was going to say it's Wagner, and I can't even remember the piece, the name of the piece. We call it Here Comes the Bride. It was Queen Victoria. Really? Uh-huh. Oh. I know Mendelssohn is the other wedding mark that you hear most weddings from A Midsummer Night's Dream. That's another wedding mark you hear. Huh? Oh, well, that's, that's the exit, yeah. 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 But it was a nice ceremony, huh? It, it was really lovely. It really was lovely. And it was, well, everything in an abbey looks like it was chipped out of concrete. I mean, everything is just so formal and so perfect. But there really was an air of warmth about it, which was very pleasing to watch and be aware of. Well, I know there are some people that were angry on the radio yesterday that they were devoting so much coverage to it in time. There were some complainers, but I look at it like, well, it's true, we don't have a king and queen in this country. For a few minutes, it gives people uh -huh. a fantasy, a world, you know, m most girls probably at various times have always dreamed of being a princess. You're absolutely right. It's what I said to someone the other night, that we have no pomp and circumstance, and the British are allowing us to borrow theirs, and we don't even have to clean up after it. Right. And it, it gives you that one glimpse of, and, and just look at it like this, as somebody else said on the radio yesterday, we were invited as citizens to their wedding, where most famous celebrities, you only see pictures, you only see the Pavarotti flying over, you know, you don't, you don't get to attend the wedding. That's a really wonderful point. Yeah. Really, really like that. But it it was a once in a lifetime, and I'm just delighted that I spent the time watching it. Well, it's you know we you know God knows there's enough bad news in the world to watch, and it gives you a break from the bad news. It was a magical vacation. You're right. It was a magical break from the the really difficult stuff and challenges that's going on now. The weather. How's the weather been in Florida? I hope you haven't had any real bad problems. Florida has been perfect, embarrassingly perfect. Um, and and my, uh, I'm just, my heart just hurts when I look at what the people north of me are dealing with. My sister is in Alabama, and she was bypassed on this. She's uh, uh, more toward the south. She's south of Montgomery, <clears throat> excuse me, and north of Montgomery got some really bad hits. Well, most uh, my former landlord's family lives in a little town in Mississippi. I guess I should probably try to reach them next week. They live in a town right near Memphis. Uh -huh. So I don't know if that part, I know Mississippi was affected. I don't know if that part of Mississippi was or if it was another part of Mississippi. Yeah. Well, I, I guess, you know, the world is concentrating on Alabama because so many of them touched down and there's so much devastation there. But they, we tend to forget that there are areas outside the the really enormous destruction that were just as destroyed, but they're smaller. One of Arkansas, of course, having lived in Arkansas, I was, uh, I, I don't remember what towns were hit last week, but I know Arkansas had some devastation last week. Mm-mm. I did not know you lived in Arkansas for any amount of time. In 1964 and 5, we lived in El Dorado, Arkansas. El Dorado. Now, in... In Texas, it's El Dorado. 
Right, there's, or there's Laredo. Is it, there's a Laredo. Is there an El Dorado, Texas, too? I didn't know that. El Dorado. I'm so sorry. El Dorado is um, the, the Mexican word for... Laredo? Yeah. Okay, well, I know that there's an El Dorado, Kansas, too. Uh-huh. But El Dorado, Arkansas, there was a lot of oil wells. It's in southern Arkansas. Laredo, yes. And, in fact, uh, Walden, I used to listen... When I'd be on school vacations in El Dorado, our we had a local we actually had a local CBS affiliate in El Dorado, and I got to hear Art Linkletter's house party in the morning. Ah, oh, no kidding! That was fun, hearing Art Linkletter and Gary Moore, and uh, later when Lucille Ball got her talk show that replaced Gary Moore on CBS Radio, you know she had a, a short live talk show for one ten minute daily talk show for one season. I didn't know that. Yeah, in the 1964-65 radio season, it was called Less Talk to Lucy. Well, I'll be darned. And she would interview... You know that? Hmm? Did we lose Walden? Is Walden there? Walden here, Walden, looking for a surprise. Oh, you found a Less Talk to Lucy? No, no, I will, I think of a Chuck request. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, well, uh, it was produced by her second husband, Gary Morton. Uh-huh. And she would interview people like Lauren Green or Robert Culp or Robert Vaughn or a star, you know, a movie star, a television star. And it would, they, would do, they would just chat about this and that and the other thing. And, it was, and sometimes the chat would be, they'd tape them, and it would be like a week's worth of chats uh-huh. divided over a week. It was a nice little pleasant interlude in the mornings. My goodness, was it a nationally broadcast show? It was on the CBS Radio Network. Well, I'll be darned, I never knew that. See, I learned so much from you guys. Well, uh, it was a, uh, like I said, it replaced the Gary Moore radio show. And Gary had a dispute with CBS. Spent each time I could 
Tonight, May the 1st, year 2011. Hi, everybody, I'm Ron Hughes. It is about 7.34 here on the West Coast. And I'm pitching in for Bill Bray and Mike Handy tonight. Glad to be back for my trip. And I'm with you here uh, on tonight. So, uh, Mike is preparing for a legal case and Bill working tonight. So, you got me. And so, we're going to feature Bill's interview with Janet Waldo here really soon. We did this whole, oh, close to a decade ago. And so we get to hear that. Janet doing fine. She's going to be in a show I will be producing for Norman Corwin on May 14th, that Saturday at the Wilshire Grand Hotel. So Janet's still doing really well. Uh, let's start a prayer first. Dear Lord, thank you for this wonderful radio station. Bless all the listeners and the supporters of the station for keeping us going. Look after Kim and Bill and everybody who volunteered with the station. Help the supporters and bless them for keeping us going, Lord. We ask this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Just to remind you, on Friday, Frank Brzee and I will be together. We're going to talk about Orson Welles and featuring an interview. Then we got... uh, a live interview with a band, a band leader from Virginia. And then Michael Buell and I will talk about the Herb Morrison Hindenburg crash in 37. That happened May the 6th, 1937. We'll feature some stuff like that. And then our typical radio shows. Saturday. Don't know what time I'm going to get on the air. I'm president of a local wine club and Saturday nights are fundraiser. So not quite sure when I'm going to get home, but... Time I'll be home, Patricia and I will be out on the town with you Saturday night. So, don't know exactly what time. Sunday, pretty big special. VE Day, plus 66 years. VE Day, victory in Europe happened May 8, 1945. And on May 8, 2011, we'll devote the live show with the radio broadcast, news broadcast to that day. And should be interesting. You might want to record that. Okay. I take a time for our archive interview with Janet Waldo.
thank you. Don't uh, uh, throw money. Don't clap, right, Walden? You bet, Bill. <laughs> uh, well, there's only one thing that can be better uh, than Pete Fountain. As a matter of fact, we've got something that's better than ten Pete Fountains put together. In fact, our fountain is going to overflow tonight with good things because uh, we've got one of my favorite people in the whole wide world, Miss Janet Waldo, live and in person. Janet, good evening. Good evening. Oh, I love what you said. Well, it's uh, and it's all the truth as well. Well, I'm happy to hear it. Well, I tell you what, I I want to um, I want to say this. I want to pay you a compliment. Well, good. And probably nobody but you and I will know that I'm paying you a compliment. <laughs> and so here's what I'm going to say. See, I I was behind the scene uh, for so many years as a technician uh, with CBS. And of course, I've done some on-air stuff and a couple of movies. If they ever come to your drive-in, be sure and park backwards. <laughs> but uh, most of my work has been as a crew member. Really? Yeah. And you know what? Here's my compliment to you. Is I would... Let's, let's take that out. And pop in something different here. Give me a quick second here. We'll put in a little music. I got the CD. Yeah, the CD's been going have for 10 years. And we just never know it. So let's pull this one out. And we walk over here. <laughs> okay. And this up. This should be Dick Tracy. Uh, heard May 1st, 1945, and should be the sneak. Kellogg's Pep, nope. the super delicious cereal. Nope. Uh, that's, I don't want to play that one. Hold on. Okay, nothing like live radio, huh? Let's see here. Okay. Let's see if it's on this puppy. National Broadcasting Company reminds its listeners that regular programs will be interrupted for the broadcast of any important news developments. Today, the Hamburg Radio announced the death of Adolf Hitler. This report from the enemy has had no official confirmation from allied sources. Should any developments occur on this story of Hitler or any other major story, you will be kept informed by NBC. The Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. Napping. Wanted for robbery. My goodness. Mm. Look at the one on the left there. Torpedo Gronsky. Mm. Not only for the fighting qualities, but for the loyalty and determination of their Canadian neighbors. And we know that you'll guarantee the future security and economic welfare of yourselves and your returning servicemen by buying Canadian victory bonds to the utmost of your abilities. Good luck, 
and good night. Good night, all. <laughs> This is Harlow Wilcox, speaking for the makers of Johnson Wax Finishes for Home and Industry, inviting you all to be with us again next Tuesday night. Good night. This is the National Broadcasting Company. Okay, that was Fern began Molly from May 1st, 1945. You know, they announced the death of Hadolf Hitler at the top of the show. So, sorry about that. We're going to turn it back to the automation system. Bill should be with you tomorrow. And I'll be with you on Friday, though, Ron. So, with that, may the good Lord Jesus Christ bless you. And this is Yesterday USA. Love you all. Call it a day. They've burst your pretty balloon and taken the moon away. It's time to wind up the masquerade. Just make your mind up. The piper must be paid. The party's over. The candles flicker and dim You danced and dreamed through the night It seemed to be right Just being with him Now you must wake up All dreams must end Take off your makeup The party's over It's all over My friend Thrilling is touching your lips. Nothing that can quite 
don't fulfill me Any more Broadway shows, evening clothes You have Everybody, hope you're all doing well. Two before nine o'clock here on the West Coast. What day is this? Saturday, November? No, May. May the seventh, year two thousand eleven. I'm Wong Hughes. Hope you're all doing well. I am home. We are organized, and we're gonna be on the air with Patricia really, really, really soon. But first, we say our prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for. The wonderful day that was today. Bless all the listeners and supporters of the station. Lord, look after Kim Bragg as she goes through the loss of losing her grandma bet. Take care of all the listeners and supporters. They might be going through difficult times. Bless all the mothers out there who will be celebrating Mother's Day. And those of us, uh, those of the listeners who've lost their mothers, have them think about their mom tomorrow. We ask this all in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Okay, let me get a little music on, and we'll get ready for the show with Patricia really soon. So, let's get going. All the songs that I would like to bring to you. Ladies and gentlemen, the makers of Arid Cream Deodorant, America's largest selling deodorant, now fortified with Purse Stop to stop perspiration stain, stop odor, take pride in presenting the incomparable Nat King Cole. Thou swell, thou witty, thou sweet, thou grand, was kiss me pretty, was hold my hand, hold thine eyes are cute what they do to me. I hear me holler, I choose a sweet lollop of losing thee. I feel so rich in a hut for two, two rooms. Kitchen, I'm sure would do. Give me not a lot of just a plot of land, and thou swell, thou witty, thou grand. I feel so rich in a hut for two, two rooms, the kitchen. I'm sure would do. Give me not a lot of just a plot of land, and thou swell. again but lately through the mail we've had some requests for an old tune that isn't heard too often these days in fact it's a rare gym that hasn't lost any of its luster also it happens to be a favorite of mine you stepped out of a tree you stepped out of a tree 
You are too wonderful to be what you see. Could there be eyes like yours? Could there be lips like yours? Could there be smiles like yours? Honest and truly, you stepped out of a cloud. I want to take you away, away from the crowd, and have you all to myself, alone in a part, out of a dream, safe into my heart, safe into my heart, out of a dream. This tune, currently enjoying great popularity, is in that category. It's called Two Different Worlds. Two different worlds we live in. Two different worlds. For we've been told that a love like ours could never be. So far apart, they say we're so far apart, and that we haven't the right to change our destiny. When will they learn that a heart doesn't draw lines? Nothing matters if I am yours and you are mine. Two different worlds we live in, two different worlds, but we will show them as we walk. Together in the sun, that are two different worlds. Oh, one. I tell you, one of the great entertainers of all time who left us way too soon. Hello, Patricia. How are you doing? I am fine. It's not even Saturday here anymore. My goodness, Walden, I hope you had a good time. I did. Where were you and what did you have for dinner and did you save some for us? Yes, yes, yes. Well? Huh? Go forth. Where oh. were you? You have to report in now. We're an hour and a half late. That's true. Okay. Well, we were at the Costa Mesa Senior Citizen Center tonight. Uh-huh. We had spaghetti. Yeah. Uh, I bet there's left over, but I haven't checked to see if we got any to bring home. But 
we fed, we had, we bought 200, we had 200 plates and we only had 11 to 12 leftovers. So that means 188 people ate tonight. And this was our uh, annual fundraiser for the Lion Club, the Orange Coast Lion Club of Coast Mesa, which is celebrating its 50th birthday. And we try to help out everybody that we can. So, this was our big fundraising event, and me being the current president, I just had to be there. Did you have to wash dishes? I didn't. I didn't have to wash dishes this year. I I I've done that in the past, but this year my my job was to break down chairs, move chairs around, and uh, they trusted you with dishes. I've I've done dishes, yeah. yeah I've actually done that with Boy Scout stuff, you know, but uh. This year, no dishes. Well, I think this is good. That is super. Everybody's working on austerity budgets. They couldn't afford to buy more plates this year. Well, when you're using paper plates, it really helps. <laughs> it's hard to break paper. <laughs> but Walden will give it the good old college try. Hello, everybody. Happy Saturday for those who are west of me. Happy Sunday for those who are with me on the East Coast. And happy Mother's Day to the East Coast. We'll be marching west with this. It's almost like Christmas. It is. One time zone at a time. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. Bum, bum, bum. I, have, I have some Mother's Day stuff for tonight. You do? Yeah. I bet you could tick me up just one. Could you do that? Do, 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 I don't think it's your equipment. I think it's my phone do, equipment do, now. Do, do, Not the equipment, do, do, but the phone service. Here we are. We are another level. We're at level three and level four. I would say we're at level four. Level four is fine. Level four is fine. Anybody want to give us a call? We're here. We're live. We want to talk to everybody at 714-545-2055. That is us. That's us. Yes. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Did you notice something, people? What? I think it's a very interesting observation we just made here on the radio. What? We really have broken this down to terrific analysis what just happened to us. <laughs> this better be good. <laughs> How big is it? It is so big. It is so big yes? that if the listeners were paying attention, they could decipher this too. What? We just realized that Patricia just turned a piece of paper and not looked at her computer screen. Say what? Well, we just heard a little flip papers flipped over. You heard that? Yeah. Oh my goodness, turn me up one more click. <laughs> <laughs> I did, I, I flipped a piece yeah, of Yeah, and we heard that across America. Across America. America, you heard my yellow pad. Uh-huh. I keep track of callers, and I flipped from last week to this week. Oh. Wow, you've got good ears. I, well, they're trained well. Did you turn me up one? Uh-huh. Okay. I don't know. Maybe it's your phone system. Yeah, it is, uh, because on, um, I noticed it. When the new service went in, yep. that on a couple of phones, it was like, could you say that again, please? <laughs> so, I know it's not my ears. Yeah, because you got good 
ears. I've got good ears. They wiggle, too. I can wiggle my ears. Uh, that takes talent. I know. I know. I, I can't do an awful lot of things in life, but I can wiggle my ears. You can wiggle? Yeah. Can, can, you, hold, can you hold a pencil in your ear, too? Oh, yeah. No. I'm not real good at that, but, yeah, I could do that. You could do that. Yeah, I could do that. Okay, I see. Can you hold glasses in your ears? Say what? Glasses. Yeah. Okay. See, these are very versatile ears. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> And versatile pencils. My hair is short now because I, I did, everybody. I went and got a haircut. Hooray for us. I can see once more. It's a miracle. But that means it's too short for me to stick a pencil up there. It doesn't hold it down very well. No. Mm. No, it doesn't. It kind of falls out. Uh-huh. Uh, I am raining pencils. So, 714-545-2071. We've got some fun stuff tonight. We have trivia. I did some brand new trivia questions today, and they're, they're not awful, but they're not easy. So, you're going to earn your keep. Walden has an awful question because we've got a stump Walden question. And I have a big, and I have a big trivia question for the week. You do? Uh-huh. What? If you paid attention to the news, then you could know you know the answer to the trivia question. Bin Laden is dead. Uh, yeah, yeah, but something uh, that's a biggie. Yeah. But this this one is also a, a milestone. Okay. This gentleman passed away. He was 110 this week. Oh my goodness. 110. What is he the last of? What did he see? The last of? What was he, what did he do? He was the last of something he did. Oh goodness! And it, it made the CBS Hourly News. Uh, he was from Australia. That might give you a clue. No. Hundred and ten. No, and he's the last of something. something. The last uh, World War One veteran from Australia. Oh, you're really cool. He is the last World War One veteran who was saw combat in World War One. I. I was pretty close. Yeah. Did I get a half a credit? That's true. Ninety-two. Hundred and ten years old. Can you imagine com the right. last, you know, peace reigned in 1919, so that was 92 years ago. He's the last surviving, he was the last one to saw combat. Uh, you know, we still probably have other World War One veterans, but uh, for him being on the battlefield, he was the last one. Wow. Well, bless his heart. I hope he had 110 good years. Yes. Absolutely. Mm. What a remarkable thing. I mean, just, is it, you think 110 years, that really is remarkable. Yes. Mm. yes. Oh, my. So anybody who is forgiving us for being on late tonight, give us a call, 714-545-2071. I think nobody's listening to us. We're going to just be talking to oh. ourselves. So, so you would win the Johnny Mathis CD question? Well, considering I already got one, I think I'll roll that over for next week. You'll do? You'll leave the Johnny Mathis CD for next week? I can answer the question, but I can leave the what the, the we can leave the prize for next week because I already have one. Okay. Are, are we? <laughs> 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 Wait a minute. You're on the air. Hello. Hi, Fred. Fred, how are you? Oh, great. How are you guys? 
I am. Yeah. And Walden sounds like he's fine. He'll have to answer for himself. <laughs> he sounds he's held it right. Hooray, I do. <laughs> I do. The Lions, we did it. A, did another spaghetti dinner done deal, did, and I'm happy that it's done. Good. Yeah. Raised a lot of money. Yeah, I bet we did. I don't... Traditionally, we make close to $3,000 normally doing this thing, so... Oh. Yeah. That's yeah. a lot of help for a lot of people. Yeah, so it is. Like, this week might be close to you. That's why I know Fred would relate to this. What we did this week, there's a worldwide organization that donates free wheelchairs to people who are disabled and do not have any money. Around. Oh, yeah. So, and a, and a guy who is a, uh, had 50 patents came up with an inexpensive wheelchair that only cost $59. Are you serious? Yeah. So wow. that's So that's what we did this week. We bankrolled that project. That's, that's great. Yeah. 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 It's probably, uh, a, uh, an arrangement here with the Lenscrafters. Yeah. Where we can get sets of glasses for $50. I think that's the whole line's club, is it? Yeah. Bucks a pop? Yep. Yeah. It's amazing. Yep. It's so. amazing. So how are you doing up in Vermont? What's the, what's the latest news up there? Not a whole lot. Say well, say well. It's refusing to warm up. We're sitting there, but it's going slowly. So, so if I went, if you dug into the soil, you would still see the ice iceberg down there, huh? Oh yeah, I don't think they're burying too many people yet. <laughs> oh, Fred, is that true? Oh yeah. No. Oh gosh. You wonder, you know, what happens in the winter when people die? They can put them on ice. Yeah, they do. They put them in like a. They freeze them. Yeah, they put them like they store them, and then. They bury him in the spring. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. We can't bury people in the winter. The ground's froze. Well, that's what you have backhoes for. Oh, no. That would be nasty. You would dig through three feet of snow to dig six feet of ground? Yeah. No, no. We just freeze them. <laughs> Are you joshing me? Well, I'm not. Well, then is he joshing me? I don't know, but it sounds good. No, we, we store them. We store the bodies uh -huh. until May or June until the ground's thawed out, and then they bury them. So do, have a funeral. So do, do the undertaker take the whole winter off, or just like the farmers? No, no, we have funerals. Have everything. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have the whole, you know, like uh, my, my friend's uh, father just died here, and... And he had his funeral in January, mm -hmm. and they're going to bury him like third week of May. They got a schedule for. You're really not joshing me. I am not joshing you. No, I am serious. I never knew that, but it sort of makes sense. I never knew that. I didn't either. Yeah, no, it's uh, part of living where you know where it gets cold. See, down there, you can bury him twelve months a year. Ground's always thawed out. Yeah, sometimes it's pretty wet, too. Um, wow. Okay, I'll believe you. Okay, I'll believe you. What have you been up to? Me? Oh, that much. Uh, typical work week. Just good the week, and, and I'm enjoying the weekend. I get a three-day weekend every week, and I kind of like that. <laughs> That makes life good. Yes, it does. Yeah. It's good. Well, this, the theme today 
it's Mother's Day. I wonder why. I wonder. <laughs> yeah. So um, if you've got a Mother's Day story or a mother story or a Mother's Day gift, you're pretty good on gifts for your mom. That's where we got into trouble with the squirrel. Yeah, that was a one-time shot, though. Yeah, that, that was at Christmas time, too. So if you've got a story to share, that would be cool. And if you have any kind of a story to share, it would be cool because you come up with the darndest stories. Well, I just came, I was looking for old pictures today and I came across some really, really neat ones. Um, I didn't realize how good looking my mom was. Oh, uh, really? Oh yeah, beautiful redhead. Gorgeous redhead. And of course, that was, you know, I'm looking at pictures when I was like, before, me, before I was even here. Huh? Or like when I was like a baby. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was kind of, and, and really young pictures of my dad, which were kind of neat. Uh, I, I don't remember him that young. He's always, because he, you know, he drank a lot, so by the time I was old enough to remember him, you know, he looked kind of aging, you know what I mean? Yes. I remember him really young and vibrant. And, yeah. And so I saw some of those pictures, which were kind of cool. How long what the percentages of the population are redhead, true redhead? Oh, it's very small. It's got to be under 1%. Well, I know in our family, mm-hmm. mom was a redhead. Mm-hmm. And the only other one that I can remember after her, I don't remember anybody higher than her. You know what I mean? Her, any of her 